0: Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks
1: for joining us, and enjoy today's message.
0: Okay, I want to go ahead and dive right into a passage of Scripture we're going to look at in Mark chapter 10. Mark 10, starting in verse 46, it says, Then they reached Jericho. I want you to take a mental note of the fact that it starts off with they, All right, If you are writing in notes, or or you have your Bible open, go ahead and underline they, because we're going to come back to they here in a moment. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left the town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. And when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, before we dive into this text, uh, I want you to see something. I want, I want to look at something here because Bartimaeus here, he, he's a beggar. And the Bible says that that day the people were angry with him and they were shutting him up. It's, Shut up, Bartimaeus. Stop it. Don't, don't, don't beg right now. And see, that's interesting because if you're a beggar, how else do you get change? I mean, every day, this is Bartimaeus's life. Bart, Bartimaeus is reduced to being beside the road, shaking a cup on the side of the road. says, so, excuse, excuse me, ma'am, could you spare me some change? Sir, sir, do you, do you have any money? Could, could you give me something? It, could, could, does anyone have anything they could give me? You have a blanket you could give me. Just, anybody, can I, can I just get even a couple pennies? Please, please, excuse me. He's, he, he's on the side of the road begging, doing what he does every day. But on that day, he called out to Jesus and it really ticked off the crowd around him. This is what I've learned. The enemy has no problem with you begging for stuff as long as you're not begging for God. The enemy has no problem with you begging for, I just, I need a new pair of shoes, and I just, if I could get a new car, and if I could get a new position at work, if they give me a raise, if I could just find you know, the right boyfriend to hang out with, if I could just get the right friends around me. He has no problem with you begging for stuff as long as you're not begging for God. But I believe there are people in this room that you are sick and tired of begging for the stuff. And you're ready to see God show up in a powerful way in your life. Is there anyone in here that, that doesn't want the stuff anymore? You want a little bit of God. See, see, the enemy will even try to encourage your begging for stuff. As long as it keeps you stuck. As long as it keeps you broken. If I could just, if I could just get a more, just keep begging. Just keep begging. keep begging let's continue when Jesus heard him he stopped and said tell him to come here so they called the man cheer up they said come on he's calling you and Bartimaeus threw aside his coat jumped up and came to Jesus what do you want me to do for you Jesus asked see I think that's kind of funny because Jesus is asking a beggar what do you want me to do for you I mean, this is kind of crazy because you could get any answer if you ask a beggar, what do you want me to do for you? The man could have been like, I, "I see, I just need like $2 million. That's it. Jesus like, you know, maybe if you could get me a car. And in fact, I need someone to drive the car. So if you get, like any answer could have come back. But I love this about Jesus because Jesus like, I don't care. I'm going to ask anyways. The man's calling out for my name, so I want to know what he wants me to do for him. So Jesus said, what, what do you want me to do for you? My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. See, I love this miracle, and I love this text. I, I've heard it preached many times. In fact, I've had the opportunity to teach out of this text many different times because it's a great passage and text that talks about transition. It was Bartimaeus? He started off, and because of his handicaps, because of his disabilities, he was unable. To take care of himself. So he was at the mercy of other people. So we see him in the beginning of the story when we first are introduced to Bartimaeus. He's stuck on the side of the road, reduced to what other people could do for him. But after an encounter with Jesus, there's a transition that takes him from from needing the help of so many other people around him to now he's being filled with Jesus and taken to a place. To now he's going down the road with Jesus, fulfilling the fullness of who he was meant to be, the fullness of his purpose, the fullness of his calling, it's a beautiful picture about transition. But I want to point out to you today that, that I believe that this passage is not just about Bartimaeus. That if we look into it a little bit deeper, I believe that Jesus wants to teach us something uh, not just about Bartimaeus, but about you and I. He wants to teach something to, to you and I of what's going on on a deeper level in our own lives because we can miss sometimes the fact that, that there's, there's the miracle of Bartimaeus going on, but Jesus is actually working a second miracle all at the same time that you can miss it if you're not looking for it. And a lot of times we do miss it because we're paying so much attention to Bart and we see what's happening with him that we, we don't recognize what's taking place in the rest of the story. So if you remember right at the beginning of this passage, I said we're, we're going we're gonna to focus on this word They. So let's go back to that. Let's look at this word, they. Let's return to it and see what it is that Jesus wants to teach us right now. Because it shows that when they showed up, they were showing up in a group. So if we go back a couple verses, we go to verse 35. It says, then James and John, okay, so now we know who the they are. James and John, two of the disciples of Jesus, two of his followers. The sons of Zebedee came over and spoke to him, Teacher, they said, We want you to do us a favor. So here, you got two of the disciples, and they're asking Jesus for something, too. We see blind Bartimaeus asking Jesus for something, but but we see the disciples are with Jesus. They're asking Jesus for something, too, right now. What is your request, he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in the place of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. Now those of you that know this passage of scripture you've read it before or heard this teaching before you 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 probably recognize that this is the point where Jesus says, "Wait, guys, what you're asking is a really difficult thing." And and they're like, "No, no, Jesus, we got it. We want to be we want to be right beside you. We want the same glory and honor you got. We we want that." And he said, "I got to tell you guys something." Like what you understand is that rulers and kings, they lord their authority over you. But i got to tell you, for my followers, it, it, it's different. It's going to be different for you. That If you want to be the greatest, you've got to be the least. If you want to rise in leadership, you have to become a servant at all. He's saying, guys, the way up is to go down. If you want to be a leader, you've got to learn how to become humble. You've got to learn how to, to, to get to a point where you're serving other people. See, what they didn't see was that Jesus is using the physical healing of a man who could not see in a natural way to demonstrate something to his disciples who have lost their spiritual sight, that really what's going on is there's a group of people walking with Jesus, and and they're, they're walking with him, and, and they're asking things of him, and they're begging of him. God, could you do this for me? Could you do that for me? I want to be glorified. Could you give me some validation? Could you give me some acceptance? Like, could you, could you double tap my photo? Could you like me on, on Facebook, right? I, I want you to get in line with what I'm doing right now. And Jesus is in the middle of all this, and he's coming. So you might say, this miracle is all about Bartimaeus. But Jesus is like, wait, I'm still dealing with my disciples right now in the fact that they've lost their spiritual sight. They've lost their direction. They've lost the whole picture. So uh, when I'm healing Bartimaeus right now, there's something that you and I can take out of this, something we can learn out of this, because the, the disciples who were around him, who had two good eyes, they couldn't see what was really going on around them. And it's interesting because they walked with him. They saw the miracles, They heard his teachings. Everywhere they went, they saw Jesus bless people and heal people and and, and express the fact that he was the way and and that it's all about trusting in him and trusting in his father. They they understood this, they heard it, but I wonder could it be that you could still have two good eyes and still be blind? Could it be that you could be in the presence of other believers, in the presence of God, and, and lose your sight, lose your vision? So on one level, we see that Jesus heals Bartimaeus in, in a very natural way, gives him his sight back naturally. But, but really what's taking place in this passage here in Mark chapter 10 is God is trying to show us that you and I can lose our sight. And what is it we're supposed to do when we lose our sight in a spiritual way? What are we supposed to do when, when, when we thought we had vision, we thought we could see, but now I can't, I can't see the way I thought I could before? See, The point of this beggar's healing obviously was for the beggar. But it's also to point out the bigger issues that's going on in your life and in my life. See, because it's easy to look at other people and see their problems and miss the problems that are going on in our own lives. It's easy to come to church and think, man, this sermon is for someone else. I hope she's listening right now, right? Anyone ever done that, right? You're sitting here going, man, I hope my kids are getting this. Man, man, I, I really hope my wife would just hear this one. I hope this sinks in. Where all the while, sometimes while we're looking at the problem in someone else's life, we're looking at someone else's disability, God is going, no, 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 look. I'm showing you this so that I can work on the real issue that's going on in your heart. I can work on what's really going on in the inside and the fact that maybe you're losing sight. Maybe things are going dim in your own life. See, I've noticed that any time that you lose your ability to see, you also gain the ability to need. Anytime you lose your vision, you also gain the ability to become a beggar. Anytime your eyes go dim, you, you'll be at the mercy of someone else. See, if you can't see right, then, then eventually you're going to start needing handouts. I wonder, have you ever experienced, like, the lights going on out in your house, a power outage? Maybe you weren't at your house, but somewhere, you experienced a power outage? It's like, everything's fine, you're cooking, the TV's on, there's, there's noise, there's all sorts of stuff going on, and then boom, it's out of nowhere, the lights go out. What's our first response? For me, it's, babe, babe, it used to be, mom, because I'm a guy, I was taught girls know the answers, right? Like, Growing up, it was always, and they, they tell you that because it's like everywhere I go now, there's a woman telling me, like, go get in that lane, drive faster, drive slower, park over there, right? I have a complaint, okay? Why did Apple make Siri a woman, Right? I talk to Syria every day. It's like I got, it's like I, I got our women talking to me already. I live with two daughters and my wife and I have my mom. And now I got Syria on my phone telling me what to do. I can't escape it. But it's interesting when you call out like, babe. The one time you're like, I need help. Like She's just as scared as you are. They don't know the answer. But in that moment when we cry out, hey, babe, help, help someone. What we really saying is help. I've never been here before. I don't know what's going on. I can't see right, so I just—I'm uncomfortable. I don't want—I—I'm I, nervous. Like, I, I, especially if you're in a place where you're unfamiliar, it can—it can be paralyzing. I—I I don't know what to do. Someone help me. Hello. It's interesting because for just about everyone of us in this room, at some point in our life, the lights have gone out because. There are things that you and I will face in life where we face disappointment, where you wanted things to go a certain way, and when they don't go that way, it's like all of a sudden it's like what, what you thought you could see, you can't see anymore. It's like, boom, the light's out. Like, I thought she would always be there, but now you're, you're going through the divorce proceedings. It's like, boom, the lights are out. I thought I would always have that job. And then you lose the job or the promotion was given to someone else and, and the lights are out. So I, I thought... I thought my kids and I would have a great relationship, and right now they're not even talking to me. It's like the lights go out. You, you find yourself in a place. Anytime you face a real disappointment in life for a period of time, it's like the lights went out and you can't see. For many of you, your eyes have grown dim. You, you've gotten to a place where you're going, I, I, I thought I had vision, I thought I had clarity, I th- had things I was hoping for, but, but right now I find myself in a place where the lights have gone out. Anytime you lose your ability to see, you also gain the ability to need. And see, you have to be careful with that need. Because if we're not careful with that need, you will, start to be, you will start to become a beggar and start begging for things that will never fulfill You will start begging for things in life that will will never satisfy. You'll start asking for a certain seat at the table and miss that all the while you're already sitting at the table. And that's what Jesus is saying to us. Guys, hello, guys, you're Bartimaeus. You've lost your vision. You're becoming a beggar and you're never supposed to be a beggar like i I created you to be a hand help a hand up to be a helping hand for other people, and now you're asking for a hand out you are wanting some validation, like Jesus, could you just validate me a little bit? can you give me some acceptance can you can can you help me a little bit and they come up to jesus and they're they're shaking the cup i just i I need a little validation I need someone to care for me I need someone to see me i need i need to feel important we go to work and think i I need the promotion. I, I need you to give me credit for that idea. Like, hey, wait a minute! I I need to pull my phone out. Does anyone does anyone like me yet? I I wanted people to see that I went on vacation and and I'm a good mom and I, and I'm spending time with my kids. And did anyone like me? Now I just need some validation. And, and we stand there and we we shake the cup. We shake the cup like. Can, can, can something just fill me up? Like this is why I, I go to things that, that, that just for a moment it would take away the pain. That's why, like, can I just get the pills? Because they, after all, they, they they just take away the pain. Can I? Can, can can someone just maybe another drink? Another drink will just take the pain away. And we turn outward and we think, well, this isn't working. Maybe something else can, can change my situation. I just need some change, right? Can you? Can you give me some change? Maybe if the government will change some things. Could someone in the government just change some things? Can, can, can I get a, so a leader, someone in, in politics who could change some things? Let, let change, can, can you spare me some change? We find ourselves begging. Begging for acceptance. Begging for validation. We find ourselves begging for other people. Begging from the government. Maybe you're begging for money maybe you're you're begging for position. there's some that that beg from the church that if i could just if I could just get in this weekend, man, they better sing the song I like this week. Like I had to get up get my kids here they they better sing that song. My pastor better preach a good message today right it, it just can I get some change? Can I get some change and we struggle because. The lights went out, our lights have grown dim, and now we're coming and we're begging when we were never meant to be beggars. Jesus so said, I, I didn't make you, guys, wake up. Look at the fact that, that we're here to help people. You, you have a relationship with me, and, and you've missed the fact that you already have a seat at the table. But see, I love our God because our God is so big that he will give you sometimes what you're not even looking for. Our God is so good to us that, that you can come in begging, you could come in looking for a little bit of change. And he said, I'm not just going to give you some change, I'm going to change your life. You know, I'm not just going to give you a little bit of what you think you need. I want to change you and transition you into who I created you to be to where you're not just surviving day to day going man I hope I get a raise I hope but he's saying no I want to fill you see Jesus doesn't want to fill your cup he wants to fill your life he wants to take you to a place where where we're not just shaking the cup shaking the cup can you can you spare me some change so here in the middle of the context of this text we we see that it's not Bartimaeus who needs the miracle. It's not the disciples that need the miracle, but maybe it's you and I in this room today who've lost our sight. Maybe it's you and I today that we could look at our own lives and see where we've been where, where, where we've been shaking the cup, where we've been begging, if I can just get something to fill the need, if I could just get something that will help me a little bit. And, and I think what we can take from this passage is so important today is we can recognize that your eyes have been dim, but if in the passing by of our God in this room today, we can cry out to Jesus and he can open your eyes again. He can give you vision again. He can give you clarity again. And I love this story because we see with Bartimaeus that that for Bartimaeus to be able to receive his miracle, there was a couple things he had to do. To get his vision, he had to do some things. And that's what brings me to the title of our message. I know I'm more than halfway through, but the title of our message today is Throw It Off. Throw It Off. In fact, why don't you shake the person next to you and tell them, You got to throw it off? There's some things that we have to throw off today. Throw off today. See, Bartimaeus was on the side of the road. He was begging every day, asking for for stuff. But but that day, that day, Jesus was passing by. And as he was passing by, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Like, shut up, Bartimaeus. Don't bring attention over here. What are you doing, man? Calm down. Sit down. He doesn't care about you. Knock it off. Jesus! Jesus! you got to learn to throw off the crowd. See, the first thing Bartimaeus had to do in order to be able to get close to Jesus is he threw off the crowd. The same crowd that said, no, you sit down. No, you shut up. He's going, you can't do anything for me. I don't care if it makes you mad. I want to get close to Jesus. And there are some of you in here today that you are stuck and you are broken because the crowd that you have around you in your life is suffocating you. The crowd you have around you in your life is like, yeah, you love them and you care for them and they care for you, but they are keeping you in a broke state because you don't want them to feel uncomfortable. You don't want to, like, I can't talk about Jesus at work. Oh my gosh, you know how angry they'd be if I talked about Jesus at work? Like, we got to be accepting of everyone. That would just make everyone really uncomfortable. And it's like, I don't know about that. And It's like, we get to, I don't want people to think I'm weird. Guys, that's weird. (laughs) Are we really going, we have an opportunity to connect with the God who created you. The God who wants to change you and and give you everything you need. He wants to cause you to live in overflow. And, And we go, wait, but that person right there, they might think I'm weird. It happens in this room, guys. There are those of you today, you you showed up and and you saw the people down front worshiping and, and you saw what was going on in your life. And you're like, I want that. I want to connect in that way. I want, I want to lift my hands. I want to lift my voice. I want, I, I want to experience some of his presence, but I don't want the people around me to feel uncomfortable like, after all, I I love them, I don't want anyone to feel nervous around me, so it's like, I want to show up at church on time and be here, but my my family doesn't necessarily want to be here for worship, so we just come late, and I'm going, drive separate, you know, (laughs) drive separate, because you got to get a little fight in you, where you say, like Bartimaeus, like, I'm not going to be limited and held back by your opinion of me. I'm not going to be limited and held back by making you feel comfortable because what I want, you can't provide for me. What I need, you can't provide. I need vision, and all you could give me is a nickel. And if all you could give me is a nickel, and, and I'm asking for vision, then I want you to shut up while I move towards my relationship with God. I believe right now there are some of you that that you're feeling a courage and a boldness start rising up on the inside where you have been comfortable to come and sit in the back and be like, it was a good message today. Preacher did all right. Give him a seven. There's a boldness coming up in you where you're going, it's not about the message. It's not about the songs, it's about me connecting with the only one who can give me my vision back. And see, when Bartimaeus said, "Jesus, son of David," he was actually making a declaration about Jesus, because really, people knew Jesus is the teacher from Nazareth. Nazareth, But all Jews knew that there was a promise in Scripture that the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who would come to take away the sins of the world, would come from the line of David. When he shouted out, Jesus, Son of David, he's saying, Jesus, I believe you're my Savior. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. Jesus, I believe you created heaven and hell, and these people around me have nothing to do with that. So I want more of you. Jesus, I want you you got to understand that in order to come close to Jesus, it's going to throw off the crowd around you. So if you're going to throw off the crowd, you might as well do the next thing that Bartimaeus did. He threw off the coat. Throw off the coat? Yeah, number one, you throw off the crowd. Number two, throw off the coat. Well, what's the big deal with the coat, right? Why is the coat... In, in scripture, why did they even mention the fact that there was a coat? It says that when Jesus called for him, he got up, he threw off his coat, and then he went to Jesus. Well, apparently, culturally at the time, the coat was a symbol. Now, the coat was not just a symbol, but the coat was actually a government issue. There, there are many teachings and historians that believe that, that what took place here is that the government would actually certify whether or not a person had the right to beg. So people wouldn't get played and they wouldn't just work the system. If there was someone on the side of the road begging, government officials would go to them and find out what's your story, what's going on. Because if you're able-bodied and you can work, then get out of the streets and go work. But, but if you are actually in a place where you need the help from other people, then we're going to give you a coat so other people can identify that you're legit, you're certified as a beggar. You're certified as not being able to take care of yourself. You're certified as not being able to contribute. You're certified as being different than other people. So so we're going to go ahead and give you the coat so that that the people that are just walking around in the streets aren't getting played. I know some of you are thinking right now, you know what, maybe the coat's a good idea. Maybe, like, I'm sick of getting played, right? Mr. Trump, bring the coat back, right? (laughs) But... For Bartimaeus, what this meant is every day, he got up and he put on an identity. And as he put the coat on, he'd, he'd remember, my coat doesn't look like other people's coats. My, see, my, my, my abilities aren't like other people's abilities. And he put the coat on in the morning, and the first thing he thinks is, I can't contribute like other people can contribute. He put the coat on, and he my identity is not like other people. And actually the government even said that, that I'm stuck this way. This is just the way I am. So I, I'm just going to put this on and wear this and, and be okay with the fact that I'm, that I'm different than everybody else. Some of you have been certified. Some of you, because of the words that have been spoken over you in your life or because of the actions that you've already gone through in your life, you feel like you have been certified. The government is forcing you to go through a 12-step program because you are certified an addict. you you are going through bankruptcy procedures because you are certified to not be able to handle your money. You've gone through a divorce. You are certified as divorced. There are all sorts of things that our our culture and our society will title you and certify you and say, you can't do this like other people can. You have problems that other people don't have. And the world will try to say, listen, you've been certified. Wear this coat so we can identify you a specific way. But I'm here to tell you that our God loves you so much. He says, guys, I'm going to change you from being certified to being sonified. I'm going to change you from wearing a coat of shame and a coat of regret, a coat of your past. I got a new coat for you. I've got a coat of acceptance. I got a coat of love. I've got a coat of purpose and fulfillment. I have got a coat of grace and mercy and forgiveness for you. I got a new coat. It's a transition from being certified to being sonified. And something in Bartimaeus that day said, you know what? In the presence of God right here, I'm going to throw off everything that they ever said about me. I'm going to throw it off because I'm not going to be who they said I have to be. I want to go be a son of God. I-, I, wanna, I want a new identity. I want a new coat. He saying, I need friends, but just not those friends. I, I need support, but just not that support. I, I need love, but but just not that love. And he threw it off. There are those of you in this room right now that it's time for you to throw it off. You don't have to be what they said about you. You don't have to be your mistakes from the past. You don't have to be stuck on the side of the road wearing an identity of shame and an identity of a mistake. You don't have to be that anymore because you have a God that says, listen, I love you. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. I say you're chosen. You're highly favored. You're my son. You're my child. I love you. So take that coat off. Take off the identity that the world's trying to put on you. See, we recognize that Bartimaeus, he was fed up. He he was sick and tired, like the saint says, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And in this, he's like, I'm going to get to a place where I don't care what the world thinks around me. I'm going to get to a place where I shut off all these all these words around me, but now I still can't see. I still can't see. It's like I'm... Uh, I'm trying to shut off what the world has for me, but I still can't see it. I, I gotta get to Jesus. I got I I gotta get to him. I, I know he can do something for me. He he's in this place right now, and he he's still he's still in a place where he's begging, but he's just begging for something different. And see, that's why when we beg for things, it doesn't last. Uh, because Really, there are different things that we do that fill us up for a short period of time. I mean, even when it comes to coming to church, you can, you can come in here and sing a song where you, you feel the presence of God. You feel pumped. You feel loved by God. You hear a message that pumps you up. You get around other believers that encourage you, and you, you love that. You feel it for a short period of time, but then you leave, and you get on Facebook, and you see that, that wait, the, the world doesn't love me like, like I felt loved. So now Tuesdays come around. And and by Tuesday, it's like now I'm starting to go, well, I just want to be accepted. I just want to feel love. I want friends. I want to fit into that group. I want to know, am I going to sit at that table or sit at this table? Who's going to accept me? Who's going to validate me? So I, I didn't want this. I, wanted, I just wanted to feel love, but I guess now I'm going to go back to the bar. And I, 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 See, I wanted to stay pure, but, but I just want to feel accepted. So I stayed the night, and I don't know why I stayed the night. I don't know why I went back to the pills. I, I don't know why I went back to the bottle. I don't know because I, I, I was just, I was hurting. It's just something filled me up. And, and some of you are wondering, like, why, why is it that every time uh, someone seems like they're going to be around in my life, they leave me? The answer is because they're, they're just a nickel. We're like, I wanted a friend who wouldn't betray me. Why why did, why when I try to put myself out with someone else and like like try to trust myself to someone else why do I always get let down and the truth is a penny's not much at the end of the day So if you're going to throw off the crowd you're going to throw off the coat you might as well throw off the cup Because Bartimaeus I mean imagine he's a beggar Imagine how significant this cup must have been for Bartimaeus I mean, this was his, cr- his crutch. This was his source. Every day he held the cup. He shook it around. People threw change in it. I mean, it, this is how he got his food every day. This is how he got the blanket that he covered himself with at night. This was his source. And the idea of not begging anymore, the idea of not having that crutch anymore, that cup anymore, is like, they must have made him frantic. Like, well, if I don't have the cup, what am I going to do? What would life be like if, if he's not in my life anymore? If I didn't have that group of friends anymore, what would life be like if I didn't have the cup? He, he must have been so frantic. But the truth is, God wants to move you from needing a handout to being a helping hand, and you can't do it holding the cup. Because if God wants you to be following Him down the road and helping other people and pouring out on other people, if we're standing there holding out the cup, how are you going to lift your hand down or put your hand down and lift someone else up? So he wants there to be a transition that takes place. And that's what took place here is as he cried out to Jesus and, and Jesus healed his sight. As he cried out to Jesus and he threw these things off of himself and said, I want to do life a new way. I'm, I want you as my source. I don't, I don't want this cup as my source. Then he got to a point where Jesus was saying, okay, now I want there to be a huge transition. I want the transition to take place where instead of you needing a handout, you're going to be a helping hand. So I want you to start serving other people. I want you to start helping other people, and you're going to start growing, and you're going to start changing. And I think in a message like this, you can get so frustrated because you could be like, you know what, I'm trying to do all these things. I'm trying to, to not live the way the world would want me to. I'm trying to not uh, to not just be a chameleon in whatever group I'm in. I'm trying to not just lean on my crutches instead of leaning on God. But in doing all that, it's like I see God bless other people, but it doesn't look like he's blessing me. I wonder if you ever felt that way, where you can see the blessings that God, the changes that God is doing in other people's life, and you can can miss the fact that he's actually doing great work and great changes in your life. Because now... We see this transition taking place where Bartimaeus was following Jesus down the road. He's being a helping hand. He, he, he's serving now. He's serving. It reminds me of the movie Karate Kid. How many of you love the movie Karate Kid? Anyone? So, uh, there's some in here so young, you're like, Karate Kid, what's he talking about? Get it on Netflix. It'll change your life, I'm telling you. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, not the, Wait i got to clarify. My wife's just pointing out not the new Karate Kid, not life-changing. The old Karate Kid. Okay? Mr. Miyagi, right? Love Mr. Miyagi because there's this scene, the whole story is taking place here. You've got uh, Danielson wants to learn karate. He wants to learn how to fight and he comes before Mr. Miyagi and he's like, Mr. Miyagi, teach me how to fight. He says, okay, we will. We'll get to karate but uh, I want you to come and I want you to uh, paint my fence. He's like, Okay, so so he takes him out there and he shows him how to paint the fence. Paint the fence. And then he leaves. And Danielson's out there. He's going, hey, I got punked, right? Like, I wanted help here, and now all I'm doing is painting this dude's fence. He just, he got a servant here. This is ridiculous. I finished with the fence. Mr. Miyagi, I'm done. He goes, okay, now I want you to come out and I want you to wax my car. Wax on. Wax off. Wax on. Wax off. Pretty soon, he's frustrated. He's like, this is ridiculous. I wanted to learn how to fight, and all you did is make me your servant. I'm coming over here every day, and all I'm doing is serving you. I'm painting your fence. I'm waxing things on. He said, Danielson, look at me. And he throws a punch at him. He goes, paint the fence. And Danielson's like, whoa. And he blocks it. <laughs> he throws another punch. He's like, what's on! Oh. All of a sudden he's like, I'm Bruce Lee. This is awesome. I got this. Some of you, you're so frustrated. You're saying, I want some validation. I want some support. I want to feel like there's change happening. I want to feel like there's growth. And and, and all I keep hearing is just serve God. I just and God's just saying, I just want you to paint the fence. And he's like, but God, I want someone to double tap my photo. And he goes, just wax on. But but God, I, I want someone to care for me and be there for me. I want you, and he goes, just just go hold a baby in kids' church. But God, and the, like, I, I want to get the promotion at work. And he goes, just paint the fence. And it's like we're so frustrated with God, but God is actually doing a Mr. Miyagi work in your life where you don't even recognize it. But all of a sudden you go, Wait a minute. I have become a force to be reckoned with. And all I was doing was serving him. All I was doing is painting the fence. All I was doing was waxing on. All I was doing is watching our kids in kids' church. And now all of a sudden, God has transitioned me from being someone who needs the handout all the time, who just needs, would you give me another quarter? Would you give me another dollar to being someone who now, God has filled my life so much to the point to where when I walk around, I'm splashing out, and other people are getting blessed because of it. God wants you to start splashing on people. That's what the whole story is here. I wonder, I wonder if the disciples got it. I wonder if when this whole healing took place with Bartimaeus, I wonder if they saw that their, their Heavenly Father was telling, Listen, guys, you have been begging for so long, but you were never supposed to be a beggar. You've been asking for someone to fill your cup, but I don't want to fill your cup. I want to fill your life. Would you stand to your feet with me? There's a lot of us in this room right now that we, we recognize we need change. We recognize we need vision back. Like there's gaps. I don't have enough. What I have is insufficient. So I, I'm begging. I keep going back. And you might think I don't have a cup. I don't have a cup. Do you have a phone? Because what a lot of us do is we go back every day. Did they like it yet? Do I have any more friends yet? No one double-tap that photo. We, we, we go back to these things over and over again because we, we haven't recognized yet that, that God doesn't want to just fill your cup. He wants you to be a person that overflows onto other people. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we pray right now that you would give us everything we need in order to be able to to throw some things off. That, God, we would throw off the crowd. We would stop being chameleons and stop caring what other people think because, God, we recognize they can't do anything for us. Only you can. And God, we want to throw off the, the ways we've been certified, the, the words that have been spoken over us, the identities that have been given to us. We reject those and we want a new coat. We, God, we want your favor and your blessing on our lives. We want your sonship, your daughtership. We want, we want to be accepted and received the way that you said has been freely given to us. So God, we accept that. And God, we pray right now that we would be the people that stop using our hands to try to receive need from other people, but we let that go and allow you to fill our lives up so that we could be a helping hand that pours out on other people. Thank you, God, for the personal conviction that you're speaking into each and every heart in this room, and I pray right now that you give us direction, that you would lead us, God. Help us to live our lives following you, not just sitting on the sidelines, but following you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. everybody said... Amen. Let's give him a shout of praise.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord and confess that you are my savior. That you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you to be my savior to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven with you. And God, I ask you this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need additional prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. And we hope to see you next week.